This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? I'm back, motherfuckers. Thanks for bearing with me um, during a a couple uh, a couple situations that I had to deal with. One being uh, death in the family, and then uh, butting up right next to it was uh, the Saint Ignis Labatt Blue Pond Hockey Tournament, which I was going to, uh, which I went to, um, and <clears throat> you know had a good time. So if you didn't catch our TikToks at Caps Chirp. That's where all that stuff is. But, of course, today, we're just going to do a little bit of catch-up. It's going to be a long episode. I'm doing this at, like, fucking 1 in the morning. Next week, no Monday episode. I'll be in Buffalo on Sunday to check out the Washington Capitals. Shout-out Kayla, my girlfriend, for buying us tickets. Love you, mean it. Um, And then, uh, after that, I I think we'll be on, like, the same... Like, I'll be back to producing two a week. Uh, but in any case, thank you for bearing with me. And, and if you're an OG and you're returning, love you mean. If you're new here, typically on Mondays, we'll be doing kind of the episode that we're going to do today, which is like a week in review. But since I haven't been on in a long time, let's just, uh, let's just break it down. Let's break down what's going on with the fucking Washington Capitals after we, of course, pop some tabs because we're going to need it for this one. One, two, three. All right. Well, before the whole Caps five-game slide, uh, you know, let's talk about some league news. Um, and also want to talk about St. Ignace uh, and how, how that tournament was. If you're a beer league player, it's a really great time. Unfortunately, I've been twice, 10 years ago and, and last year. Uh, to the it, It's called the St. Ignace um Labatt Blue Pond Hockey Championships. It's up in the Upper Peninsula. You have to go all the way up into Michigan to the tip, tippy top of the mitten and then go across this beautiful long bridge and um, you're up in the up the UP, as they call it, right? Canada's a few, you know, 20, 30 miles away and you're just kind of out there, man. And when I say you're out there, you're fucking out there. It's, it's um, desolate in the winter. It's a summer beach town. There's nothing open, and the things that are open are, are, are pretty fucking cool, don't get me wrong, but uh, at the same time, uh, you kind of have to you know, check out the nature and, and, and see what's going on outside, which is crazy because typically it's like zero degrees to 10 degrees, but this year it was like 20, and sometimes it got up to 40. It was pretty wild, um, but the cold up there is a lot different from if you live, I don't know, in Southern States, or if you live in the DMV, or if you live, you know, on the East Coast, um, it is, it is a girthy anal penetrating cold. It, it just feels like you step outside and your body instinctively says like, this is the type of cold that I could die in immediately. So, um, you know, take that with, if you don't like the cold, you probably shouldn't go, but, uh, honestly, it's beautiful up there. Really cool stuff. Lots of ice, just, frozen things, snow, um, layer up for sure. And you'll be comfortable. But yeah, I was wearing like a skiing snow bib like all week. So Turner was cool. Check out my TikTok, uh, at caps chirp on TikTok. 
and there's some good video footage out there. I mean, good subjectively. Um, I think it's okay. But uh, yeah, catch us a follow there. Anyways, that's enough shameless plugging about uh, my shitty beer league escapades. Let's talk about some league news. It's been a while. I'm sure it's old news for you, but we're going to cover it anyways. Tarasenko to the Rangers for Sammy Blyce and prospect Hunter Skinner and a conditional first and fourth. You know what? The Rangers are doing well. Tarasenko has instant chemistry with his fellow Russian Panarin. I don't see how this is a loss. In fact, this is a really good trade for the Rangers who are, fuck, what is it? Five years out of a rebuild going for the Stanley Cup right now and, and looking like some sort of maybe not totally legitimate contender, but somebody who could absolutely ruin some another team's day on the way to an Eastern Conference final. And then after that, who knows? Uh, so the Rangers also did pick up Tyler Mott from the Sins for Julian Gother and a conditional seventh in 2023. They're absolutely loading up for this. I mean, I think this is uh, it's a clear sign that the rebuild is over and, and that the, the New York Rangers are ready to go try and win a cup. And as per tradition for the New York Rangers, buy their team. So good for them. Ryan O'Reilly traded the Leafs for a shitload. A shitload. This was news that broke while we were in Michigan. So uh, it was a three-team deal. It saw O'Reilly and Noel Akari go to Toronto from St. Louis. And then the Minnesota Wild also sent Josh Pilar to the Leafs. So so they got the Leafs got O'Reilly, Akari, and this guy Pilar, who's basically um, a, a, a pretty good minor league player. Pretty good AHL player, probably point-per-game guy. Minnesota, who sent Pilar, will retain 25% of O'Reilly's $7.5 million per year salary and receive the Leafs' 2025 fourth-round pick. St. Louis, on the other hand, receives prospect Mikhail Abramov, Adam Gaudet, the Leafs' 2023 first-round pick, the Senators' 2023 third-round pick, and Toronto's 2024 second round pick. So let's just break this down. <laughs> it's, I mean, Toronto, man. I don't know. I don't know what's in the water up there, but you motherfuckers are crazy. All right. So you've sold the farm for Ryan O'Reilly, a, a legitimate rental. He's a UFA at the end of the season. You have him locked for a couple months. And you gave up. A first, a second, a third, and a fourth. Um, and a highly touted prospect in Abramov. And an NHL player in Godet. Two players. And a one, two, three, four. Whoa. I, I guess this signifies that Toronto's all in. I, I, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what, again... I don't know what's in the water up there, but, you know, O'Reilly is basically a rental. He is a rental. Um, I think they overpaid, but they need that two-way center, I guess. I, I don't know. I really don't know what gets Toronto over the hump. It seems like they have an embarrassment of riches on that team, especially on the forward core. Uh, as a Washington Capitals fan, we know what happens when you over... Uh, 
compensate on the forward court and then, you know, have sus goaltending center, two way center depth and, and, uh, defense. So we kind of know how that works out. I, I'm a bit dumbfounded by this. It is, it is a rental and an all for a rental. And I mean, a highly touted rental. Don't get me wrong. Ryan O'Reilly is still, has a lot of game left, a lot of tread on the tires, if you will. But man, he, he better, he better just light it up for them. And I guess they're looking to extend him, but he's coming off a 7.5 million per year salary. I've, I'm guessing they're trying to get him cheap. I don't know. I have no idea. They already had to get the salary almost completely retained. So, uh, Good luck to the Leafs, I guess. I don't know. Um, by the way, with all that stuff, I forget how much that San or St. Louis retained, but I think it was most of it. I think that they're. I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs are only paying like twenty five percent of their of, of O'Reilly's cap. So you know, I guess that makes sense with all of the retained salary, but man, they really just went for it. Um, 23-year-old Mikey Anderson of the Kings signs an eight-year extension for $33 million. Congrats to him. And 22-year-old Dylan Cousins agrees to a seven-year, $49.7 million contract with the Sabres. You look at these up-and-coming teams, right? These teams that seemingly have come uh, or are over the hump, right? Like Buffalo, like the Kings. This is a team. These are teams. Buffalo has been in perpetual rebuild for the past two decades or whatever since Hasek left. But at the same time... They're, they seem to be over the hump, and what they're looking for right now with the Kings as well, who have gone through a bit of a rebuild uh, since their Stanley Cup winning days, I really think that they're taking these young players and they're locking in for some cap certainty for the next four or five years. If you think about it, if the cap raises and projected, it's supposed to raise pretty drastically by like four-ish million um, in a few years. And then a million in the years subsequent to that. So if you're looking at this from a money management standpoint, you're getting a 22-year-old or a 23-year-old with an incredibly high upside, already performing very well at the NHL level. Uh, you know, maybe they double their production and that would be incredible in year four or five of this contract. They become an absolute steal. Uh, and if one, maybe it doesn't work out. It's a movable player at this point because of how the cap is raising. So uh, I really think that there's a strategy that about half the teams, especially the teams that are in rebuild phase, uh, who think that they're going to make a run in the next five years, I really think that they're trying to lock in their young guys for cap certainty so that they can have flexibility later on, years down the road, to uh, make some legitimate moves. Thanks, uh, you know, Go for that high-dollar person. Have that cap space available uh, to get them over the hump, whether it be the veteran defenseman or the depth forward or the goaltender backup. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, but the point is, is that these teams that are locking in these 23, 22, 21, you know, 18 year old uh, guys who are doing really well this season. Uh, I really think that it's all about cap certainty for the next, you know, eight years. So uh, we'll see how it works out. I'll let you know in eight years. <laughs> Moving on to injuries. Jack Hughes out week to week, upper body injury. Burkowski out week to week, lower body injury. 
Matt Barzell out week to week with a lower body injury. Some somewhat sad news uh, with Jonathan Tace. He's stepping away indefinitely, dealing with the extended effects of COVID. Uh, this is probably the highest profile case of an NHL player stepping away due to the effects of long-term COVID. Um, and uh, I guess it's kind of sad. That sucks. I feel bad for Jonathan Tace, but... Uh, you know, at the same time, he's had an incredible career. Uh, you know, probably going to be going down in history is more important than Sidney Crosby, and that's what's important. Eric Johnson out indefinitely for the Avalanche with a broken angle. Landis Gog still out for that team. He has been skating, though. Got a knee scoped in October. Should be in the, you know, they're saying like that's 12 weeks, you know, three months. Um, so he should be coming back soon. Kale McCarr was out for four games with concussion. Um, but he's back now, so it must have been a minor concussion or they're just irresponsibly rushing a player like that uh, back into the lineup. So I hope it's not the later, but um, I think that I hope that teams, especially like the Colorado Avalanche, who are looking for, you know, back-to-back, have a player's longevity and, and overall safety in mind. Timo Meyer. Was is day to day for the Sharks with an upper body injury. It was a highly touted trade bait guy. Who knows what this does to his trade stock? I think it'll be all right as long as he can come back uh, in a reasonable time. Now, if this is a season injury, in season ending injury, he's fucked, and so is everybody else who wanted him. But at the same time, who knows? Who knows? Who knows about this stuff? Uh, it didn't seem to be like an incredible, like a, a season ending injury, so. Uh, I definitely think there are still teams pursuing him. Rasmus Anderson, um, who has since returned, was hit by a car in Detroit, crossing a uh, crosswalk on a scooter. Wild stuff. Totally glad he's okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably sounding like a fucking boomer right now, but those scooters, they can be dangerous. I have two friends that have fucked themselves up bad on scooters in a city. Uh, yes, they were drunk, so it's completely their fault, and I laughed very hard at their scarred-up face, but, you know, it, it can happen. It can happen to somebody who's just going to a team dinner, like Rasmus Anderson. Imagine being a, a, the driver of that vehicle, like, hitting an NHL player. Um, but, hey, you know, he was on the opposing team, so uh, I guess that's something. Just kidding. That's bad stuff. Uh, glad he's okay. Logan Thompson out week to week for the Knights with a lower body injury. It's their goalie. Um, and uh, Vladislav Gavrikov has been healthy scratch due to trade-related reasons for the Jackets. He's been a stalwart on the blue line for that team um, and is nearing the prime of his career at 27. You know, there's a lot of chatter about what the Washington Capitals are going to do, but, man, Gavrikov may be a good fit for a run. Who knows? Uh, especially if John Carlson doesn't return to a playoff. So pretty pretty tricky stuff. Who knows what's going to go on? All right, so I rapid-fired that the kind of the league news that I thought was interesting. Um, there's a ton of Washington news in the Washington wraparound that we're going to get into. But first, I do have to tell you about these awesome earbuds from Raycon. Um, you know, there's been a lot of... Uh, 
chatter about it about these earbuds you know I've, I've heard only shining reviews of them uh definitely a premium audio brown at, at a really uh cost effective price they have you know some really good uh features of their of their product like three customizable sound profiles earbud tap function noise isolation awareness mode custom gel tips the perfect most comfortable in-ear fit crystal clear call quality water and sweat resistance and the best thing eight hours of playtime or 11 hours if it's an everyday speaker uh if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. Just do it. Go and buy it. Enjoy your 15% off. Enjoy these awesome earbuds. And then, you know, you can you can rest assured that it has helped me personally and the Caps Chirp podcast. So you know if you're if you're not going to do it for you, do it for me. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook, our longstanding sponsor, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the DraftKings app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. All right, Caps fans, let's get into the Washington wraparound. Ton of cool stuff to talk about sort of other than the team's performance but i'm excited to talk about some of this stuff so uh let's get into into it Mm. so i found out that 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 sound clip isn't enough for me to take a big gulp of beer but whatever fyi this saturday is black history is the black history celebration at capital one um Socrates, a a Canadian rapper, has created a song for the event that celebrates the eleven black players who played for the Caps. DSB DSP Devonte Smith Pelly will also be in the house to do the puck drop, and it'll be a great time to see him again. You know, obviously, if you don't know who Devonte Smith Pelly is, I don't know, read a fucking book because this guy was a you know fourth line grinder, and then in the playoffs. In 2018, the Washington Capitals' fourth line exploded and really contributed heavily into winning a Stanley Cup for the Washington Capitals. DSP was a huge part of that. It'll be great to see players like Anson Carter, Donald Brashear, uh, Jason Doig, Mike Greer, Marson, DSP, Joel Ward, you know, these guys uh, to be honored, you know, in, in, in this celebration. Uh, while... 
the Washington Capitals have only really had 11 black players on their team. And that's definitely not enough. Uh, it's definitely not a high number. But when compared to the rest of the, the NHL, uh, it's 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 up there. So, you know, I think the Washington Capitals have a lot to be proud of when it comes to the players that they've they've employed, if you will. And uh, I can't wait to uh, to see some of that uh, footage come out once once the once the game happens. Another really cool article that I caught by William Douglas, who features you know this the you know kind of people of color and, and mostly black players and 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 uh, things that affect that community and 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 include that community at NHL.com. He he had an article that features uh, Kayvon Woodard, a deaf ten year old Bowie MD uh, hockey hockey club player who's starred in a couple episodes of the hit HBO series The Last of Us. Um, if you haven't been watching The Last of Us, you're really you're really missing out. HBO's is king of those kind of uh, you know five season ser- series, four season series. Uh, they've done a really good job with The Last of Us. If you played the video game, you know, you know the the storyline and whatnot. But um, it's interesting that this actor, uh, Kayvon, <clears throat> was actually, you know, he 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 plays hockey in Maryland, which is awesome. But it, the his story as to how he get the gets this uh, role is is super interesting. Um, he's from the DMV. Uh, he's actually deaf. He really is deaf in real life. If you didn't know that, um, and again from DMV, so shout out Kayvon. Uh, he he wasn't an actor before this. Like I said, the show's co-creator Craig Mazin uh, wanted a, a deaf black actor between the ages of seven and twelve, but couldn't really find one in Hollywood or wherever you find these <laughs> these actors. I, I wouldn't know. Uh, so we put it out on Twitter just as a shot in the dark. Um, Kayvon's mom saw it, uh, showed interest and, and had a audition. He was hired like two days later. Uh, all of the things that Craig has said about this kid are shining, a natural actor. And apparently he's a natural hockey player as well. He's going to be starring in another sci-fi short called Fractal. So be on the lookout for that. But as far as his hockey career goes, he's, his goal is obviously, you know, a 10-year-old. He wants to play in the NHL. Uh, he's the leading scorer on his team. And he's deaf. And and uh, there's been a lot of, you know, read this article. It's really good. Uh, William Douglas does it way better than me, that's for sure, as far as, as getting these, uh, getting the details right. But, you know, there was uh, in his home rink in Bow- Bowie, um, you know, some improvements have been made that are visual. So... When whistles blow, you know, before it was like players like tapping him, like plays over, like don't run the goalie. Uh, And so that and then having an interpreter on the bench, like an American Sign Language interpreter to explain to him, you know, the hockey terms and and get him ingrained in like what hockey lingo and everything is like is super uh, was super important and, and really a game changer for him. It was all done through uh, a grant that that he was that the rink was given, um, you know, by an organization in the DMV. So check this article out. Really cool by William Douglas. Congrats to Kayvon, not only a stud ten year old hockey player, but also a stud actor. And 
love this love this show so uh really good stuff another shout out Emily Engelnatsky for being featured on NHL.com uh, in the Women of Hockey segment. Really cool stuff. I love to see her being featured. Uh, she is, if you didn't know, she was with Hershey. She's a coach uh, for for the Caps. She's a, uh, a video coach. So, you know, super important behind the scenes person. Uh, love to see that for the organization. On to some pretty bad news. Um Ovechkin's dad, Mikhail, was 71, passed away. Ovechkin has been out for the past five games due to the passing of his father. He had to, he had to fly over to Moscow, and I'm sure that he's been doing things with his family. So our thoughts go out to him at this at this time. Uh, Haglin underwent hip resurfacing surgery, much like Nicholas Backstrom. I think he's probably totally done with hockey at this point for Carl Haglin. I think that, uh, you know, I would love to see him play some more, but the guy's a two-time Stanley Cup winner. He's always been a good fucking NHL. I don't care what anybody says. I really loved him on the PK. I, I liked him on the Caps. He's a really good energy guy. Um, and it, and it kind of just sucks to see him kind of be on the shelf for the last two years uh, plus uh, with just back-to-back-to-back injuries, it seems. So, you know, I hope the hip resurfacing surgery leads to a much higher quality of life. But at the same time, you know, um, I do think his hockey career is probably over. So, you know, not a, not a great, not a great, not a lot of great news, but for him as a person... You know, the guy's a millionaire, played a bunch of seasons in the NHL. This is a very good career, and, you know, he's got nothing uh, but to hold his head up high for, you know, rest of his life when it comes to his hockey career. All right, let's talk about the games. Um, the Washington Capitals started out their post-All-Star break very well, beating the Boston Bruins, the juggernaut Boston Bruins, two to one at their house. Um, really awesome start. I think Caps fans were riding so high. I was riding very high on this uh, win. But literally the next day, because we can't have nice things, we lost to San Jose four to one. I'm not going to review all of the games because we'd be here all fucking night talking about this stuff. But, you know, we had San Jose the next night at home. Took an L four to one. It was a piss poor game. It really was. It, it I think in the back to backs we we really show our age here with the Washington Capitals. The back to back games are are brutal. Um, and I don't have any stats to back this up as to like how many on the second half of the back to back how many we've lost or won. But it feels like we've lost more than we've won. Um, and that's a tough break. I. Th- uh, the Caps have been pretty inconsistent throughout this season. When they were really good in December-ish, um, you know, with a lot of guys on the shelf and the young guys were taking over and we were doing the five-man fucking cycle and it was amazing. This has not been the case since 2023 has happened, so let's just blame the year. But moving on, uh, after the 12th, Two days later, 
at home still. Carolina came in. The Washington Capitals put up a good fight, but ended up losing in a in a, a off a kind of a high tip from Nosen and a three two loss. Then two days later, again against Carolina in a homestand, uh, fucked that up absolutely. Or I mean, I'm sorry, against Florida in the homestand, uh, absolutely shit the bed there, six to three loss. Then uh, I believe we were technically the home team for Carolina and the stadium series got run over there four to one and a few days later which is today and uh I'm, I'm recording on a uh on a Tuesday we played Detroit at home for a 3-1 loss so that's a five game slide you know a homestand ruined for sure with the buzz of the stadium series all surrounding the Washington Capitals uh, in the spotlight, it's been bad. Uh, it's injuries, it's the lineups, it's effort level, it's lack of scoring. Only eight goals in the past five games is unacceptable. You know, if we're talking about snake bitten, we're being ingested by the snake and only our head is sticking out at this point. Uh, there's too much. I, I just. So we're approaching trade deadline in about two weeks. I think that the Washington Capitals right now, the coaching staff, is getting guys out to see, like, what's the farm look like? Let's see how they perform at the NHL level. Obviously a little too late, but they're doing it now due to the injuries that we have. Um, I've seen a lot of chatter on the internet about how the Capitals should be sellers. But I'm holding fast. I don't think it's going to be an exciting trade deadline for the Washington Capitals. We may make like one or one move, maybe two. I know some Caps fans would like Lars Eller to, to take a hike. But man, he's been one of the better players throughout this last shitty stretch that we've had this last month and a half. Um, you look at guys like Connor Sheary, who's, who's really quieted down in this second half of the season. In the first half of the season, he was a main contributor to the Washington Capitals' success. I definitely think that he's probably on a trade block for somewhere. He's being, he's being shopped around. I don't think management knows yet if they are sellers or buyers, which is a precarious situation around two to two and a half weeks from the trade deadline. I I'm I'm gonna say because the Washington Capitals are tech, are currently out of a playoff spot, right? Uh, they are outside looking in, but they are definitely within striking distance. Even with this loss to Detroit, Detroit is an up and comer, just past them in the standings with today's win. But if the Washington Capitals get one win, they're back in a playoff spot. Period. Period. So, I I'm I'm I it, it's a tough situation. It the, the Brian McClellan, you know, fire McClellan, fire Laviolette, trade Ovechkin. I don't know what the fuck people are talking about in their entire lives when it comes to Twitter, especially. But you know, the Washington Capitals are not out of this yet. S- straight up, uh, I. Don't know where the benchmark is going to be set for them. Uh, it's got to be set by McClellan. If we lose XYZ game, we're selling at the deadline. 
or you know maybe things are going to happen fast. He's come out and said McClellan has that he doesn't know yet, and I don't blame him. I don't either, and I probably wouldn't until literally the last day of the deadline. We need to see what's going to happen in the next couple of games. Are we going to be in a playoff berth? Because if we are in a playoff spot, there's no reason to not go for it, right? We're going to have an, a returning Ovechkin eventually. We may, and and I think that a lot of the Washington Capitals' strategy when it comes to personnel has been focused around circumventing the cap in the playoffs. I'll be completely honest. I think that they've got John Carlson on the shelf. I don't know the extent of his injury. I don't think anybody does. But, and, and it was severe. Uh, it looked like his head was basically sheared off uh, that right side on the ear. Uh, but at the same time, you can keep John Carlson on LTIR and have him return come come playoffs and have his cap be completely negated through that season. And then it wouldn't be an issue next season with whoever you acquire because we have a lot of UFAs that we can just let walk, especially on the blue line, walk into the sunset. Um, so the Washington Capitals, you know, they could either overhandle the situation, start making crazy bunch of moves, and, and maybe that would turn out better than they are now. Or they could sit tight, eke into the playoffs, get John Carlson back, negating the cap, and see where it goes. I know that's not what anybody wants to hear. It's very boring and unsexy. But I feel like the later is probably what the caps are going to do. I I. I Still, like I said, I still hold fast to I don't think it's going to be a very exciting trade deadline for the Washington Capitals. Uh, we look at, you know, again, and if we, if we are sellers, we're going to disrupt the market heavily. The, our entire blue line is UFA at the end of the season. So <laughs> I had a, an episode about this a couple few weeks ago, you know, a month ago, maybe at this point, but. The Washington Capitals, if they become sellers, are going to drop the price of everyone else and really disrupt the market in this trade deadline. Because at that point, the entire blue line is up for grabs. Orlov, Jensen, TVR, Gustafson, all of those people can become rentals to another team. That's just... And and again, that's that's where... The Washington Capitals are saying, like, let's quote unquote, that's a blow up in in the OV era. I would say it's as close to as you can get. I, I, I have to say, I don't think the Washington Capitals are going to do that because I do think they're still within striking range. I think that they're going to eventually end up in a wild card spot, if not the third metropolitan division spot. Maybe that's wishful thinking at this point. But we're absolutely snake bitten. We hit so many posts in this last week. Anthony Mantha. I mean. I just wish he could finish. Nicholas Abe Kubel is the new Haglin. So much speed, zero finish. Um, you know, I've I've no stats to back this up, but I feel like our puck luck this pa- this past week has been absolute shit. In the San Jose and first Carolina game, we had goals float in uh, on changeup speed, weird deflections, kind of bad luck. Uh, I that being said, I don't believe that the Washington Capitals played well enough. To win games against, you know, Florida, 
San Jose, Carolina, or Detroit. I'll be honest there and say I don't think that they deserve to win any of those games. Um, but having those untimely bounces really affects morale. Having Ovechkin, their captain, gone affects morale. Having all of these kind of injuries, it happens. You know, it's it's been a long, tough season. And the devil's advocate in me says, well, when we had these young guys in the lineup, like Joe Snively, like, uh, you know, Sonny Milano pre-contract, Dylan Strome pre-contract, you know, not to say those guys are sandbagging by any means, but, you know, we had these young guys injected in the lineup. The Washington Capitals looked much more exciting and, and much more effective. I don't know what's in, what's in the stocks. I feel like this McElrath coming up, in these past few games was a showcase for trades. Uh, I think the NHL already understands what Connor McMichael is. Uh, So I kind of feel like this is a dog and pony show right now for this past week. And, and also a testing period for this coaching staff to see like who they like. Would love to see Alexiev back in. I'd love to see Protus back in. Um, I'd love to see Joe Snively back in. Whether that happens, who knows, uh, past the trade deadline. If we don't move any veteran blue liners, if we don't move any of the forward core, we had to make room for Wilson Backstrom. Wilson had the only goal tonight. Uh, Backstrom has been Backstrom. You know, there are different styles of play. They're definitely slower players. But at the same time, they're, they're pretty effective. So, you know, who is going to not want a Nicholas Backstrom and and Tom Wilson in their lineup. It's it's a stuck between a rock and a hard place. So good luck to the coaching staff. I've usually I have a pretty good indication as to what is gonna go on uh in in the postseason or in the up to trade deadline. But this year I'm totally out. I have no idea my gut says that the Washington Capitals aren't going to make a move, especially if they get into a playoff spot within the next week. I think that they're going to go for it. You know, it's win now and it's, and it's, you know, circumvent the cap is and and it's been the cap as efficiently and effectively as possible. But that's just me. Um, you know, I think defensively, I will say that the high tip, you know, the Washington Capitals and the rest of the NHL have problems with the high tip. So with the current roster that we have, I'd love to see that cleaned up a little tighter man on man coverage in the high slot area so that we're not letting in those goals or at least we're disrupting some action in front uh, with with those shots from the point which have been going in at a alarming rate against the Washington Capitals. Um, and that all starts and then and then there's the screens in front. Uh, we're also not giving the goalies a great view of the puck when it comes in from shots on the outside. You know, every game, the Washington Capitals really need to set that precedent. You know, Tom Wilson has, has laid off the hit, the hitting. Um, Garner Hathaway is our tough guy. Alexander Ovechkin is out of the lineup. John Carlson is out of the lineup. Uh, Martin Ferriari is a guy that throws a body, but I'm trying to think about the physical presence in the lineup right now. And I'm looking to Hathaway, and that's about it. Uh, Ferriari, Hathaway. Two guys. Every game, as soon as it starts, 
the defense needs to set the precedent that if you're going to stand in front of our goalie, you're going to get fucked up a little bit. All right. And I'm not saying take a penalty, do anything dirty, but, you know, find where the guy's pads aren't and just give him a little cross check. You know, a little one in the ribs, lower back hack, uh, you know, kick his feet out from under him, you know, a couple times, maybe not dump him, but just like move him around. They need to know, the opposition needs to know that, like, you're not just going to have free real estate in front of our net. And I think that that's a glaring problem. And you look back at all the goals that have been scored against us this past week. It's due to traffic in front. A screen was put up, and it's usually a shot from the outside. Um, our goaltending has, has skidded a little bit along with the entire team's play. I'm not saying that the goaltenders are at fault for this by any means. But I think our defense can do a little bit more. Uh, and when I say defense, I don't just mean the, the defense men. I think that forwards can get in, be a little bit more physical. And, you know, really just make sure that, hey, you may score a goal in front of our net. You may get a high tip. You may get a, de- a deflection in front. But... You're going to pay with pay for that with a pound of flesh every time. And I just don't know if that's been there. This last stretch of, of five games. Uh, I may sound very old school, but I, I do believe that that's the problem. Defensively. Of course, we would love to fill the back of the night with more pucks. And that is tough. Like I said, eight goals in the last five games. Unacceptable. Something needs to be remedied. We've been a bit snake bitten. But if you've been watching the Washington Capitals for the past couple of years or more, like I have, if you live by the sword, you die by it as well, right? So we're looking at a team that, you know, relied a lot on their offensive production, which has waned a bit in the past years as, as guys age. Um, some more. Goals are absolutely necessary. We need to score three every game. You need to score three goals. And I think that should be the goal. And the defense needs to figure it out, be a little bit more of a of a physical presence in front of our own net. And maybe and then once we get Ovi back, our power play changes and hopefully we start seeing some more goals. That's it. That's really all I have. That's it's a tough it's 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 a tough situation both on the trade deadline front and on how we're playing right now. But strap in Caps fans, we told you at the beginning of the season it's going to be a fucking shit show in the metro and we're absolutely seeing it here now down the stretch. I think the playoff hockey needs to start now and I guess that's all I'll say. Next week's games, we do have somewhat of a cupcake in Anaheim on the 23rd at home uh, and the 25th at home in New York at a 1 p.m. matinee. And on the 26th at Buffalo, I'll be at that game. I'll be doing TikToks. So again, check me out at Caps Chirp. I'm going to predict we're going 3-0. 3-0 this week. We need to turn it around. The Washington Capitals cannot afford to go through a six-game losing streak. It's unacceptable. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Caps fans, thanks a lot for coming back and listening to me drunkenly 
ravel on. I hope that you enjoyed it again next week. Only a Thursday episode because I'll be in Buffalo for the Sunday episode. Check me out on TikTok if you want to stay up. I'm also on Instagram at Caps Chirp. Uh, we'll be putting you know all the reels up there. So check us out. Let us know what you think. And uh, I don't know, chirp me if you if you want. But until next week on Thursday, Caps fans, it's Hockey Troll signing out. Have an incredible week. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.